Have you ever been in a dry place? I know that if you're in a dry place right now, you may feel like I've never been anywhere but in a dry place. Dry places come to us in Christ with some regularity, and they are even the will of God at times in a proactive way. Now, life happens, and the, the, the Holy Spirit also brings us to a dry place because Jesus, for instance, was driven by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he didn't even eat. And all of that is from uh, the Lord in his case. So whether we are, whether we are in uh, a, a dry place that has been engineered by the Holy Spirit and just set up for our advancement. I told you my story uh, about the Lord putting me in that dry place. And uh, that's one of the most precious things in my life. Now, it was scary and hard in the middle of it, at the front end of it. But uh, since then, it's it's who I am and what God is continuing to do. So we have dry places that life just hands us. I guess we could say the world hands us. I think the devil will set up stuff, and uh, if it's going to be too tough, the Lord will not allow it. Um, our own flesh will, will set us up for all kinds of uh, collisions with hard things, and when the Holy Spirit sets it up, of course, it's, it's all going to work out with an incredible ending. However, God is the one who works in the all things to make the all things work together for good, for our good. And in Psalm 63, we read, Oh God, you are my God. I, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and glory because your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I think I'll stop in that psalm for now at that point and repeat since God takes the all things and make them, makes them work together for good, whether he caused it or there were any of these other causes, or we can't figure out how it happened, if we respond correctly to him, we will have what we need through Jesus Christ. And it will, it will look like more of Jesus. So we, we talked about the ABCs of how you get out of a dry place or the uh, purpose of the dry place. A is alter our attitude. B is birth new beliefs. Pastor Dennis last week masterfully showed us that Jesus is with us in the dry place. I loved the, I loved the picture because the disciples' dry place was a storm, and they were, the boat was being swamped, so it didn't look dry, only maybe that's dry as far as hope and confidence and peace. They were in trouble, and Jesus 
was in the boat with them. Such, such an important thing. And, and today is the sea change our consciousness. Now, in the dry place, what are the natural emotions? And we could just go on for a while, but let me just list a few. First of all, I think fear. It, it just grips us. The fear, it's, it's never going to change. It's always going to be like this. And uh, we, we can have the fear that I, or someone I love almost as much as I love me, will be ruined. Um, one of the fears that we have in these dry places is it will get worse. And uh, we remember the old boy that was in, in trouble and somebody said, cheer up. It could be worse. And he said, so I cheered up and sure enough, it got worse. And that we, we have these fears that uh, we, we don't know what to do with sometimes. And uh, if, if we focus on these circumstances, we, we play over and over again what's wrong and how wrong it is in, in our world, whatever's going on. We just, the fear just can kind of consume us. Another emotion that's, that tends to be in one of these dry places is envy, because not everybody's going to be in a dry place the same time you are. Why can't I be like they are, God? What? And it's like, you're not good to me, but you're good to them. What's the deal? And that's not, <laughs> that's not real helpful, but it's real, a real feeling. Uh, we in that situation, we can get mad. Maybe someone caused our dry place. So we get angry at them. And if we don't manage that anger well, it becomes depression. One of the causes of depression is repressed anger. Ephesians 4 says, do not go to bed angry. I told you the story of, of um, I, was, I got a hold of a book that was written by a staff pastor in a church that was our neighboring church, and uh, he named, by name, the Assemblies of God as a cult in that book. And I made a mistake of picking that book up and started reading it Sunday night after church. Then I read about 60% of the book, and I was so mad, I was just fuming. And so I had taught you and taught you and taught you. That was in, that was in Kansas City. I taught you, don't go to bed angry. And so I'm trying to process this anger out of me and trying to get this out of me. And I lay down, and you know, you're laying about this far above the bed. And I, it was just, it was, it was, and I did it to myself. That's what's really weird. I didn't have to read that book that night. I got to read it the next morning when I didn't care. But, and of course I would have cared. It would have affected me similarly, but probably as tired as I usually am Sunday night, especially when we had two services on Sunday is like, okay, this is, uh, and so I remember getting up and praying and trying to do all the stuff that I had taught you and my counselees, uh, counseling clients to do, you know, and I'm walking the floor and I'm praying in the spirit and I'm pounding my fist in my palm and I finally got enough worked out to where I could go to sleep. 
But you're not supposed to go to bed angry. The scripture says don't do that. And the reason is, is because that which you push down to go to sleep, the next morning there's a really good chance it was anger outward the night before. When you awaken, there's a really good chance you're angry at yourself, which is called depression. And depression is a, is a hard, hard thing. Now, I could go on a long time, but I'm not going to. Let's just acknowledge our consciousness in the dry place is it's tough, it's bad, it stinks, blah, blah, blah. How do we get out of the dry place? First of all, praise your way out. Psalm 63, verse 3, we already read, because your life, your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live your name. I will lift in your name. I will lift up my hands. My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods with singing my lips, uh, with singing lips, my mouth will praise you. Praise is the greatest single tool against negative emotions that I know of. I've studied this and looked in Scripture and listened and read a lot of places for a lot of years. And praise is the single most powerful tool we have against negative emotions. When I can't relax at night, and it's not that I'm particularly, you know, got this or that on my mind. I'm just doing my little levitation thing there on the bed. Um, I start praising the Lord, and I praise him for when he saved me. It goes back a long time ago. And I remember, and I can still see in my mind's eye, in First Assembly of God in Roswell, New Mexico, I'm five years old. It was, in, it was in what we then called junior church. And my mom was conducting that junior church, and I responded to the invitation. And man, when I start thinking about that, I begin to relax. And then I think the next thing is when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at age seven in Level Land, Texas. You, you, do you know why it's named Level Land? And... Uh, there in First Assembly in Level Land, Texas, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And after that, I have other things I go through. Um, I've shared with you that era into which I thrust myself when I, when I was quite sure that I could not be saved. And uh, when people spoke about heaven, I saw this lake of flames. These, that's not a happy thing for a teenager. And the Lord healed me of that by his word. That's, and you talk about, about that time, that's the last thing I remember of that night. And, you know, then I'm worrying about, oh, my goodness, it's time to get up, and I don't want to. But uh, th that's, those are the feelings that are controlled, the, these negative feelings are controlled by praising the Lord. Praise the Lord. Do you think that the Scripture is kidding when it says, um, if there's anything good, if there's a good report, if there's anything honest, true, holy, righteous, just, think on these things? Do you think that Paul was just kind of 
out of control and it wasn't really the Holy Spirit that wrote that. Let's, let's talk about this. If that is really true, then we need to be thinking thoughts like I just described from my own experience, and you have your own set, and you can reel off this, 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 and this in your life where God changed you, met your need, answered a prayer, uh, showed up with money when you were broke, or whatever. You have that. How often do you play that list over in your mind? Well, if there's any of this stuff, if you've got one, think about it. If you've got a a list, think about it. That's what you're supposed to be thinking about. Well, isn't that out of touch with reality? No, 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 no. You, You can't get away from reality, okay? I'm not talking about denial. Denial is really sick. By the way, those of you that think you're brighter than the rest of us, will have a greater ability to deny reality. I remember studying that in school, and it was like, now that bright mind ought to be able to stay in touch with reality better. No, it just has more intellectual power to deny reality. Well, stop that. Whether you're bright or as dumb as the rest of us, stop that. Because reality is reality, and if you are physically ill or if you're in trouble in your finances, or if you're in trouble in your marriage, or you're in trouble whatever, that's real, okay? And so, well, if I'm in trouble, then I can't praise God. Huh? Don't go there. Don't do that to yourself. You will lock yourself into this negative thing out of which you cannot recover. So, instead of strengthening the negative... Look at it and say, whoa, Lord, that frightens me to death. I think I'm going to praise you for when you save me. You say, that, that's, that's not right, that's not real. If you don't do that, you're not right. Hey, this is not of the world. That doesn't make any sense in the world system. But we're not of the world system. We are from another place, and we have thought patterns that will work in this place that, that the world doesn't have a clue, and it sounds like you're just you're saying you're not denying, but you are. No, I'm not. Because you can't deny reality unless you're really, really, really bright, you know, and I, I'm not troubled with that, so it's not a problem. So the, the deal is, keep your eyes on the Lord. Praise your way out. Psalm 103 says, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. And so this is a command to my soul. This is not say, well, when you get to feeling better, praise. No, it's just praise wherever you are, however you feel. Number two. Pray your way out. Psalm 63, back in Psalm 63, verse 6 says, On my bed I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night because you are my help. I sing in the shadow of your wings. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. We remember the Lord. We talk to the Lord. We draw close to the Lord. It is so wonderful to be able to be close to the Lord. The Scripture says, Quoting God, 
that if, if we will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. Do you think that might be true? How can we prove that? What shall we do? Okay, let me suggest. Draw close to the Lord in prayer. You say, well, I hate to always be asking. Hey, ask, praise, do whatever you want to do, but be with him. Very, very intimate all the time. He comes to live within us. Another picture in Scripture is that we are made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Folks, that means we're not even of this world. That's wonderful. You say, well, and I'm just going to listen to you go, because I'm right and you're wrong if you're disagreeing with me. And I can I help it, you know. This is important, church, because we are not in an easy time. The Holy Spirit spoke to us this morning and called us back from worrying about the international situation. And we who believe that God's covenant with Israel still counts, we believe that, many of us then anytime Israel is in the news and there's anything negative, and it will just about will be negative if it's about Israel, anytime they're in the news, then we can get all uptight and we can worry about it. And we, we talk about the coming of the Lord, and it's, I laugh at myself because, you know, I'm saying, Lord, <laughs> um, I'm okay with you coming back soon. You know, wh- what is the holdup? Please come. And he is going to come soon. But until he does, I want this for me, and I want this for you. I want our hearts to be so filled with the sense of his presence, and we can just pray and hang out with the Lord. What, what is this about God's, I don't feel close to God. You don't have to feel anything. Let me go on with the next point here. Um, pray your way out and then prophesy your way out. Now, this is what I mean by prophesy. Our picture is Ezekiel in a dry place, chapter 37, valley of human skeletons, all bleached, totally dry. And the Holy Spirit said, prophesy to these bones. And that may be the way you see your life. But you see, it is not yours to raise the dead. It is yours to prophesy. And in our setting, although the gift of prophecy is a part of of the New Testament set of uh, tools to strengthen the church and to reach out to the lost in in our personal setting this is where we learn to take a good hard look at our negative emotions so would you do something right now 
either today if you're in a dry place or the last dry place you were in, just identify the worst emotion you had. What was that? Don't tell me. Just, just uh, tell yourself, okay? Identify that. Could have been anger, fear, uh, any number, any one of a number of things. And the Lord now wants us, the purpose of the dry place is what we're dealing with overall. The purpose, he, he wants our negative human emotions that are associated with the dry place to be replaced by his emotions, which are love, joy, peace, etc. That's the plan. I'm afraid, Pastor, or I'm really angry, or uh, whatever. I'm envious of, of this person over here because they always seem to have the victory. And they, I know they go through troubles, but they don't ever act like it. And that makes us mad. Now, you identify that emotion and then understand that what God wants for you is not the fruit of, of the being hammered in this life. What God wants for you is the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and following. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace is the thing that we need when, when we can't go to sleep at night. And when I'm, again, doing my levitating thing in the bed, peace needs to come in and, and puncture whatever's holding me up from that bed and just let me go down into the mattress and, and into slumber. God gives his people peace. He gives them sleep, the scripture says. Please understand that these negative emotions, you do not have to own them. You do not have to own them. You can be. It's like I was talking to a young father the other day, and not only is he young, but he has a young one at his house, which is about so long. And it was it was interesting because his his idea of sleep and mine are a little bit different right now. Thank God that I'm not there, but I wish he were where I am because I get more sleep than he does. And so if you are if you are full of the business that little tiny people keep you up. By the way, if you don't like little kids and you're married and talking about having kids, please reconsider. Don't have kids because they don't go anywhere. They just come and stay. If you're lucky, you can get somebody to borrow them occasionally, but mostly they just stay right at your house. And if you don't like them, you're in trouble because they'll keep you up in the middle of the night. Most of them will. Our kids were so easy that our families hated us, but uh, that's not been your experience in many cases, and your little kids keep you up, and so keep your eye then on, go ahead and have kids if you want to, just remember what I said when you're up at three in the morning, and, it's, and 
you know, and you got to, the alarms are going off at five, and you don't think you're going to be very rested, and it'll be another day of, of going through, staggering through life, sleep deprived. Well, I told you, but I mean, it's, it, I'm not, I, I know in your life I'm not the final authority, so I, I acknowledge that. I think I've come to terms with that. But the thing that God has, is holding out to you is the peace of God when your body is tired. When I was first starting to try to pr- learn to praise the Lord in all things, including the bad things, I came down with the flu. And it was just the flu, flu, Head, headache, fever, skin, uh, sensitive to the touch and sort of painful, backache, low back, and, and just miserable. And so I'm lying on the couch in our den in Duncan, Oklahoma. And I thought, I wonder if you can praise God in the midst of the flu. And so I said, well, I'll see. And so I started praising the Lord and rejoicing in him right in the middle of feeling like you, you substitute the word that fits your vocabulary there. Feeling like and it's negative, by the way, <laughs> it's a negative word, uh, feeling like blank. And my spirit was just rejoicing in the Lord. I was having a good time and I felt awful. You say, you're weird. People filled with the Spirit and walking in the Spirit are weird by the world standard. If you ever do this an hour of your life, it will be a weird hour according to the world standard because they want you to claim all the bad stuff. They, and you know what? We have the victory over the bad stuff. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And if that doesn't kill the bad stuff... You look at Scripture and you can say, death is dead. Now, death still takes our, our family. You know, we lost one last night from our family. And a few weeks ago, uh, Linda Chase's dad died. And, uh, you know, the, on it goes. We, just, we lose them and lose them and lose them. But that's only temporary if they're in Christ Jesus because they are going to come back and we are going to embrace them and do a little jig together or a big jig. We are going to dance for joy in the presence of God because death is dead. And we live in the hope that that's just about to be revealed. So if you feel terrible, go ahead and praise God If your faith is up enough, praise him for the negative feelings. You say, um, now you are getting weird. You know what? I'm not any more weird than I've been all the way through. This is the same old deal. Here we are. We have the glory of God in these clay pots, if you will. Earthen vessels, that's much more poetic sounding. We have this glory of the the message of the resurrection, (coughs) the message of redemption, the message of salvation for everyone who will come to the (coughs) Lord, and it's not his will, hallelujah, that any should perish, but all come to repentance. We have that in us. So what I should do then is, is collect all the bad stuff that happens to me. 
Now, one of the bad things that's happened to me through my life is that I haven't been <clears throat> as consistently cognizant of speed limits as would be, as would be better for my, my budget. And so every once in a while, these cars that light up today, like, I mean, they're, they're beautiful. When somebody else has stopped, I just, I just admire the interplay of the red and the blue. In my rearview mirror, that's not, not is nearly as appealing. So I, I got pulled over one day years ago, and I thought, I wonder if you can praise God right in the middle of this. You know what? You can. Now, if you're going to praise God for bad things, you can say, God, I praise that I'm so stupid that I have sense enough to get this thing under control so that this man doesn't have to pull me over. You, I mean, you can go at it any way you want to. And you say, well, if the worst trouble you've ever had in your life is a speeding ticket, you're in pretty good shape. And I agree. And that's not the worst thing. But you see, God intends for us to prophesy. Prophesy is to say what is true. Truth is that Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ has conquered death, hell, the grave and has sent the Holy Spirit to live in us and make us new so that the law of Moses is now written in our hearts. He has come to do that. And if that's not good news, baby, I don't know what good news is because those people who believe that and walk in that will live eternally. And though the physical body may die, it may not because the Lord may come, but if it dies, it's temporary. As a matter of fact, the Scripture teaches that we get a, a different body, even though you put this one in the grave or you burn it up or whatever you do with it, you get a new body of some sort to be in the presence of God. For to be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord, and that's who we are and why we can be joyful all the time. All the time. When? All the time. You say, oh, I don't want to hear your excuses. I don't feel worthy. Don't change the subject. We're not talking about your worth. We're talking about what God does. You're not worthy. But God values you so much that he gave his one and only son for you. Oh, church. And those of you who don't belong to Jesus, please get it through your head. God loves you so much and values you so much that he gave his one and only son. And we can have eternal life in that son. And it is by this grace of God, this grace that God brings to us and gives us this gift as unworthy as we are. And if you feel unworthy, you're right only if you're in Christ Jesus, your worth is irrelevant. Or something. I don't know what to do with my head. It's irrelevant. Because God loves you. Man, you talk about fun. This is fun. Now, if Satan comes up to you and, and starts projecting this, well, you know what you did, blah, 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 blah. And he brings up something that God has forgotten about. But you think that that's coming out of you. You know what you need to do is to say, 
Whoa, look, Lord, this old stuff that's totally off the subject, has nothing to do with my present life, is being, and I just start praising the Lord. And you know what that demon may do that makes that suggestion, don't you? He may just, because demons tremble. Demons tremble. Think about it. Let's get this into the way we see our life. Demons tremble at the mention of his name. This is, this is not a good thing if you're a demon. And we, we read in James 4, 7, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Well, submit to God means, God, I'm going to do your will. If you'll show it to me, I'll do it. Well, how do you resist the devil? You praise the Lord. You prophesy prophesy. You declare truth. Prophecy is both the foretelling, which is the classical old thing from the Old Testament prophets and all of this foretelling, and God still does that when he wants to. But another aspect of prophecy is the telling of the truth. The forth telling was the way they, they phrased it in Bible school. The forth telling of the truth and the glory of God. This is who God is and what he's about. Hallelujah. So we have then this promise. When the poor and needy seek water, there's none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I will make rivers flow on barren heights, springs within the valleys. I will turn the deserts into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. We get a new set of consciousness when we start allowing what God wants to do with the dry place, just to have it work, just have it work. Just do it, Lord. And you know what? If you really have faith in the Lord, you can say, watch this. That's not what you say. Lord, let's don't hurry this up because I want to get all I can of Jesus Christ while I'm in this pickle. You say, I don't think I'm going to pray that. Well, that's according to where your faith is. You know, I, there are times when I, I wouldn't even think about saying that. But I have prayed that. Lord, let's don't hurry this now because I want more of Jesus. God knows I need more of Jesus, and so that's not a bad prayer if your faith is up to it. You say, that is crazy. That is crazy. The world standard says, no way, no way. The Spirit of God says, just go with me. May we pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your life. And I ask you today to bring forth in us a spirit of joy that will make a dry place.